0: Today I'm so thankful to have one of the most prolific, tasty, sweet, soulful, and sweet-souled guitar players in the business, Rob McNally. He moved to Nashville in 1995 and promptly got his first gig with Wynonna. No starting at the bottom for this guy. He's played with everybody. He did three huge tours with Bob Seger, and he won the Academy of Country Music Guitar Player of the Year three times. He's a wonderful guy, and I enjoyed our hour together so much. I can't wait to write with him. That's going to be a blast. Don't forget to check him out on Instagram and Facebook, and he has his own YouTube channel with a bunch of his music and a genius guitar playing. So here's Rob McNally. All right, today on Thinking and Drinking, Rob McNally, world-famous uh, guitar player, guitar wrangler, And, uh, how are you? you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Bart?
0: Uh, I I could not be better.
1: Yeah. Well, good. Thanks for having me,
0: man. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I guess just right off the bat, you were, uh, you're born in Columbus, Ohio. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Were you, uh,
1: I mean, which is kind of 20 minutes outside of Columbus, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, did you, are you from a musical family?
1: Yes. Uh, Well, my dad was a singer songwriter. Uh, He was in a band called McGuffey Lane.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh,
1: Yeah. So they they they, uh, everybody at that time that lived up in Ohio knows exactly who this is. Uh, They were you know, uh, they got signed to Echo Records and uh, they came they they put out I don't know three or four records on that label. Uh, they came down to Nashville actually worked okay. with early uh, for most uh, three of those records anyway. Dang. Yeah. They were kind of a country rock uh, band of the time, like urban cowboy era. You okay. know? Uh, and, and so, yeah, there was musician, there were musicians and music in and out of the house and tons of great guitars that I was too young to appreciate, but
0: So is that basically how you got started or interested in playing guitar? Was guitar your first instrument?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, drums was my first instrument. Me too. Only at the suggestion of a music teacher at school. And to be honest with you, I hated being that close to the sound of a snare drum. (laughs) I I don't know how drummers do it. Uh, it, (laughs) I'm like, you know, ah, God, you know, and uh, so, uh, uh, there was the gut string guitar in the corner that kind of looked like Willie Nelson's. I thought that was cool, so yeah. I, that's what I started playing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, did you start off learning dad songs, or did you start off making up your own songs?
1: Uh, well, uh, you know, yeah, I, I that's all I wanted to do with guitar. That was my first goal. I just yeah. wanted to learn the words to write uh, write some songs because my dad was not a you know, accomplished guitar player. He was a singer-songwriter guy. Yeah. So he kind of strummed. He had, you know, he had great guitars, but that's all I saw people doing with him was just strumming and singing. So that's, that was my, uh, yeah, I just wanted to learn enough chords to write some songs. And so I started writing songs when I, you know, I started learning how to play guitar roughly uh, about fifth grade, uh, whatever, you know, somewhere getting close to 10 years old, I guess. And, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to be, I started writing, trying to write songs immediately. Yeah.
0: Uh, Were they good?
1: Uh, you know what? Uh, no, no, probably (laughs) not. But there were some gems. There were some gems, uh, there, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I, uh, started a band immediately with this guy that knew how to play keyboards. And we were both somehow in this small town at this point, Hilliard, Ohio. Okay. Farm town. Uh, both of us wanted to write songs. We didn't want to learn how to play like Eddie Van Halen or whatever, you know? Uh, and we started writing songs. He, he wrote songs and I wrote songs. And we looked up to Lennon and McCartney, you know? Um, and, and we, uh, we we recorded these songs on a cassette tape thinking, well, my dad knows uh, the, the, all the DJs at QFM 96. Uh, yep. I'll take this cassette tape down there and they'll play it. We'll be <laughs> on our way. On our way. So so this cassette tape didn't make it to the radio station. <laughs> and, uh, but it stayed in, uh, in, in what, we passed it back and forth for years and, 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 uh, he and then we lost touch, and he was the one who had it. So he got it transferred on the CD when that was possible. Okay, somewhere in the and he was passing through Nashville and he said, I'm gonna, uh, I, I, I'm gonna come. Can I come by? Can we hang out? And he came over and, and we listened to this, and it was amazing how much of it. Aside from the lyrics when you're in sixth grade, sure. it was amazing how much of it actually musically held up to to all the things that we do now, you know, yeah. like looking at something uh, that, that this is where I came from. It was so cool. Unfortunately, he took the CD, we, I didn't have a way to make a copy, right. he took the CD back to Columbus, Ohio. His house got broken into. Somebody, somebody stole this CD. So somewhere out there, it's probably in a landfill. But uh, somewhere, the only existing recording of me at that age is gone. Is just gone. So it's sad. Ugh. But you, uh, but yeah, I liked some of the songs on there. You know.
0: Uh, do you still write?
1: I do, uh, and I've always got material that that I actually need to release. I've got so much stuff that, uh, recorded at this point, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that i am still.
0: But, you know. Yeah. We need to write, man. That'd be a blast. I, man,
1: that'd be fun. I'd love it.
0: Awesome. So, so then is that in writing those songs and listening to your, the McGuffey lane stuff and everything, is that what kind of got you coming to Nashville and when you moved down here in 95?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, coupled with, um, uh, working my ass off and making no money in clubs up in Columbus. That got me to Nashville too. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I knew uh, uh, I didn't know Paul Worley. I was aware of how successful he had become since McGuffey Lane yeah. uh, and all that. But the one person that I knew and you know too is Cliff Audridge
0: Absolutely.
1: So, so Cliff and I. Cliff's dad, managed, Do you know? You may know this, but Cliff's dad managed my dad's band.
0: Yep, yep.
1: That, that, so, me and Cliff were the kids at the concerts, hanging out.
0: Oh, that's they, so great.
1: Yeah, and then they moved to Nashville at some point in our teens. Uh, so we, so we lost contact. And then when I started getting interested in Nashville, I kind of I figured out how to get in touch with them, and and we started talking, and then. Uh, I I knew that one person, you yeah. know, who, who happened to know a lot of people too.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh,
1: but of course I didn't know really how all of that worked. I just wanted to get here and make a living playing.
0: So, was there any ever, ever any thoughts of, of New York or LA, or was it always going to be Nashville?
1: Well, uh, LA felt too far for me to, yeah. I was broke at the time. I couldn't even get out there to really check it out. And, and I also knew if, if, if I was broken in Columbus, Ohio, there's no way I could afford to live in LA or New York. Right. Yeah. Or, or that's a part of the puzzle. I'm not going to be able to figure out right now. Right. And I, you know, I could drive to Nashville. Yeah. I could get a hotel room in Nashville and check it out at least. Yeah. And I actually knew somebody who who uh, knew how to maybe interd- make some introductions along the way or just somebody to be around that really knew how it worked. How?
0: Yeah. How it worked here. And you could easily do the couch tour for a while in Nashville. Yeah. If you yeah. needed. Yeah. 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 Well, you've been on the road with – so many people, and I don't mean to bore you with your own resume, but like Tinsley Ellis, who's got a new record coming out. I can't wait for yeah. that. Yeah. A- Allison Moore, Leanne Womack, Wynonna, uh, the awesome Delbert McClinton. Yeah. And then uh, you, holy crap, huge uh, Bob Seeger. And then I've wow. seen you a time or two now with Joe Bonamassa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do these gigs come to your attention, and how do you get to the attention of? Of a Wynonna or a Bob Seger or somebody. I mean, are are you hearing about Seger needs a guitar player, and I'm going to go down and audition for that, or do you get a phone call saying, "Hey, we're going to get ready to tour, and everybody's talking about you. Can you come down and, and be in the band?" I mean, does it? How does all of that work?
1: Uh, you know, it's probably a combination of all things, okay. though. But in my in my particular instance, I just more often than not, stumbled into these situations. Okay. Luckily, um, yeah. I mean, you know, um, uh, the Winona thing totally came because I ran into Tom Bukovac at a record store, and we had become friends. And uh, he took me under his wing a little bit in that in that instance, and said, uh, "Hey, man, I'm I'm leaving this gig."
0: Right, because he was playing for. Her.
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was playing for. Her. He said, "Man." Uh, I'm going to hook you up with this gig. And, and he walked out of that record store. And I, I, I mean, at the time I just thought most of the time people tell you that they have right. the good intentions, but they forget the <laughs> second you walk away, yeah. other things happen, you know, but I'm convinced, man, the way he walked out of that record store, he, he made a call immediately and said, get this guy an audition slot. He at yeah. least got me an audition. And told them right away. I found out later. I mean, I think he pretty much told him, "Hey, I don't know who else you guys are looking at, but this—I know this guy's perfect." Yeah. You know, and I wasn't. I—I I, I was terrible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was probably there were some areas I was not ready for that gig. I could play. Yeah. Just wasn't ready for the for the that environment and that gig. Right. It was so yeah. new to town. Uh, but, you know, I did, I ended up getting the gig. I auditioned and uh, they, they, and they called me back. And then I turned down the gig because I kind of started to get the feeling that, man, I might be biting off more than I can chew here. Wow. And, and I turned down the gig uh, and they, I don't, I, I heard that the re they, and they called me back and said, Hey, and they just threw more money at me thinking it was a money thing. And of course that worked out for me too, yeah. but but it was, it wasn't my intention. I just, uh, and and then I took the gig and then, and then I ended up, you know, not working out after I, I did the gig for a few months and then they ended up replacing me, uh, once that there was a break in the tour, you know, it just, I, I my instincts were right. I should have probably just said, yeah. I don't want to, I shouldn't jump into this, but you know, I got my, uh, you know, Nashville touring legs and all, a lot of things learned on that experience. Yeah. So, you know, It served me in some way, but But everything else just kind of came about just because,
0: right. Yeah. When you prepare for an audition, I mean, do you just learn every note of every instrument? So you know exactly where you slot in, you know, from chord voicings to everything else. Are you just memorizing all of this stuff?
1: Uh, well, no, I, I've never, I've never taken it that far. Okay. Um, I, you know, I've kind of felt like, um, well, I ha- there's not been too many auditions Winona was an audition and they just gave me, they just sent me songs to learn. Okay. So I learned the songs and then I listened to a lot more of her catalog, but I, I kind of already knew who she was. I kind of, I kind of liked yeah. when, for her oh, So yeah. I was a fan already. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and I, I kind of would treat it that way. I mean, even like, uh, like, and then after that, that, there were never any auditions; just re- strong enough recommendations by a band leader or something. Dang. Where I could just they just had me in. But uh, uh, when it came to Seeger, though, they wanted to get together with me. <laughs> uh, you know Moose, right? Absolutely. Jim, that's who hooked me up there. Okay. He, he, Seeger needed a guitar player. He was going to do a tour and he and uh he yeah, Moose Moose uh he had Moose get together a couple guys. And it was me and somebody else. And uh and we just kind of went over to Moose's house, his studio and hung out for a whole day with Seeger. It was more about obviously I've played those songs in cover band. I'm from Ohio and that's part of my blood right there. Absolutely. Whether you like music or not, you fucking know Seeger. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so, you know, um, so I, you know, uh, they didn't even really tell me. They just said, uh, well, I don't know. Listen to his greatest hits. I don't know what he's going to want to play. Right. And that's all I really did. I didn't try and learn anything. And almost uh, I went there and he'd just hand me a guitar and go, hey, do you know my song Night Moves? I'm like, yeah, I've heard it. You know, <laughs> Like, it, well, do you know how to play it? You know?" And I said, yeah, I, well, is this it? And I'd kind of play it what I thought it sounded like, you know, and have played it. I mean, yeah. I played that. Before. And it was just like a whole day of that kind of shit. Like, hey, you ever heard this song that I have called uh, Strut? You know, or you
0: know, So in that instance, I mean, even though those songs are some of the biggest, baddest rock anthems ever written, they're not technically that tough. So was he and Moose and everybody else was kind of maybe concentrating on the 22 hours a day, not on stage and a little bit less about the two hours a day on stage, just making sure the hang was going to be good.
1: I, I, yeah, I think, you know, this, I mean, everything we do, uh, everybody expects that you can play yeah. or wait or whatever. They, they know you're in town doing this. So right, right. you're at a certain level of, and, and yeah. So I think some of that is, you know, finding out what's, what is our, what is our energy like, yeah. you know? And then, you know uh, also, man, uh, there's no way I found out quickly with Bob, there's no way to really learn those songs you can learn the chords, you can, you, can, you can learn it about 80% of the way, but Bob is a guitar player. Okay. Bob played a lot of his stuff on his records. And he has a peculiar, quirky, quirky way of playing those things that sound, when you hear it, yeah, you can play those notes, but why doesn't it sound like it sounds on the record? Right. Well, he knows all, He unlocks all those secrets for you, and he wants to teach you. He wants to see if you're really gonna do it like he did. If he tells you this is how I did it, or whatever. So, uh, I, you know, there was no real preparing for the gig other than just knowing. Those great songs, in yeah. Head, you
0: know? And he probably changes arrangements periodically live, just as the mood strikes, huh?
1: Well, uh, a lot. All the songs that were the now nah, he sticks. He sticks pretty close to he things, does. but there's a lot of um. There's man, you would not like a song like old time rock and roll. There's all kinds of things that he he wants to make sure those nuances are the way they are
0: on the you know, record
1: on the record as close to po- as possible. Yeah. He might not be super anal about this guitar solo in, in old time rock and roll, as opposed to the one in main street or okay. something like, that. like, you know, it's not so much that he wants you to play verbatim. There's just a certain sound. There's yeah. an energy, there's a thing. Uh, that's invisible almost to the average, yeah.
0: listener.
1: but, but he, you know, that's what he's kind of, that's what we spend a lot of time focusing on.
0: Probably. Also something like main street, that, that guitar solo in there is such a part of that song of the melody of the structure of this. I mean, it's its own thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's the singer of that section of the song. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. You know. So when you got to town, did you start playing sessions before the Winona gig? I mean, were you just humping amps in the back of the Chevy and just playing on every demo you could, or how did how did the session thing start for you?
1: Well, you know, uh, I, I, I no, I, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't even know. I didn't know what session playing really was. Right. Maybe there were session players, but somehow they just all seemed like that seemed like a world I was probably never going to do. I I just didn't think I'd ever plan on a session in my life. Yeah. I just, I just thought I want to go on tour for real. I just want to play in somebody's band and, and, and and see what that's like. Yeah. Uh, So, so uh, I don't know. Um, I started getting road work uh, long before I got session work. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So do you think that helped you break into session stuff when you got home?
1: I do. Um, and at the point where I was starting to get, get called for some sessions, I was playing for Delbert. Okay. So, uh, I didn't, I didn't realize, uh, first of all, I love that gig because I love that kind of music. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I wanted to be around him and because he'd been, uh, you know, around so many cool things in his career. Thought, man being in that guy's band. That's, that's, that's cool. You know, Uh, I didn't know that uh, at the time when things started changing musically around here, that uh, people would want, Delbert being Delbert's guitar player would be some sort of calling card in the Nashville session scene, but it became one. Yeah, because because people were wanting to try some new players, and uh, Cliff was starting to get me on some windswept demos with some big writers there.
0: That's where I and, met you was I wrote yeah. for, for Windswept, and, and I definitely remember I was asking, who is this guy? And they go, it's Delbert's guitar player. And I'm like, cool, this is going to be a good guy." Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that those things were being looked at that yeah. way. But I, yeah, but I, I, they were. And, and, and that, you know, I wasn't trying to get sessions, but it just kind of started happening.
0: Well, also most of the guys at Windswept at that time, we like I was I wrote for Jeff Steele. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of writing in that almost a R and B vibe of country. It wasn't as much Clint Black, Alan Jackson, you know, George Strait country. And so a guitar player like you coming in there already having that vibe in your head yeah. made all those songs pop that much more.
1: Yeah, was, well I hope so. I mean that oh, was man. Yeah, you know, yeah, I I really loved the windswept crew that you were a part of. That yeah. that era, that whole it was exciting, and it was probably exciting because you know I, I was now getting uh, to see a little bit of it. You know, right? Yeah. But, uh, but even before I was doing sessions, when I would come up there and visit Cliffy in the tape room or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, man, just, just the vibe of getting to meet some of the characters coming in and out of there. I, I was very aware that this this publishing company has some really cool writers and some people yeah. on that isn't stock. You know? well,
0: even just between Jeff Steele and Big Al Anderson, you have yeah. a whole library of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I never ran into Al there, but I was always hoping to because I was, I mean, guitar player. and, and <sighs> man. I love Al Anderson. He's one of my favorites in the whole world. Yeah. you
0: know, He he said to me one time, I shattered all the bones in my left wrist. So when I'm writing, I kind of have this unconscious thing. I just, I play, but I play fast. I play really fast. And I don't mean to do it. It's just, it's almost like a subconscious. I'm trying to make myself remember I can do that. Yeah. And Al looked at me one time and he goes, "You know what, Bart? You're one of the best guitar owners in Nashville."
1: <laughs> that sounds like Al.
0: And I just went, "Yes."
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, that's funny.
0: So do you have do you have different strengths when you're or a different toolbox when you're in a session versus when you're live? Or is that just completely based on what you're playing, what music you're playing?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, this made me think Is yeah, there's a funny way to put this. Um, uh, so in the blues, uh, scenes like Delbert or something like that, uh, a lot of people, when they hear a good singer, a way to compliment them is to say, uh, he begs for pussy better than anybody I ever heard. That that used to be funny. It's not funny anymore. I'm not trying to be funny.
0: No, we wouldn't say that now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, but you know, and and so, so, I mean, I I equate that to, back to your question, uh, no matter what circumstance you're in, you're trying to make this thing, uh, mean something. So, 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 uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it's, I I would just say that when, when you're live in front of an audience and you can see them, you can tell if it's working immediately or not. And, and, and so that's the instinct that needs to be honed there. You just need to be quicker and more imaginative on the spot, in the studio, we have time to sit back and think about it, listen yeah. to it a few times. You know, okay, what do we do? Well, I'm going to change this the next take. You know, you get lots of chances, relatively, you know. Yeah, but,
0: yeah.
1: So, yeah, I, I just say the situation is different, but I would I would say that your instincts have to be the same. You're just playing it's just it's just you're playing immediately or or you're playing it it's coming out of a speaker to be heard by people later.
0: Yeah, and and I assume being obvious like if you're playing with Delbert, you're not going to do a bunch of Eddie Van Halen finger tapping and stuff like that. You're still playing for the song, playing for the artist.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when you came down did you know about the Nashville number system and, and did you, were you able to use that or did, was that just, cause I mean, that was like a freaking Japanese roadmap to me when I got down here. So I had no idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was told about it when I started, uh, Cliff kind of hipped me to some of that. Yeah, I heard about it, but I didn't know what it was, but luckily, uh, I had taken music theory for a couple of okay. years in high school and knew Enough about that to where when I finally did see a chart it about 60% of it did make sense right you know and, um, but man uh, no I had I, I, I got my ass kicked for the about the first year that I played sessions because uh, everybody writes charts different and you have to get used to like all mm-hmm. the little Things that not everybody does the same way, but they mean the same thing. Right. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. You, you I, I learned by blowing through a lot of stops and diamonds on <laughs> sessions. <laughs> I mean, I drove everybody crazy, I bet, you know, but... Uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, can I... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
0: So like when you like uh, uh, Joe Bonamassa, you get that call to do that gig. Do you sit down and physically write notebook n- notes about what you're supposed to play on that? Or is it just pretty instinctual now? You've done it so many times. You've been in that genre so much. How, how well prepared are you for day one of rehearsal and something like that?
1: Yeah. Uh, if it's a straight ahead blues song, that's literally 12 bar blues. Yeah. Right. I, I don't write charts for that. You know, I, I that I, you know, yeah. it would drive me crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, but his songs tend to be come out of that and always take a left turn somewhere. Right. And if that happens. Yeah. I'll write a chart, uh, just so we can communicate. Um, you know, like we do in a session, uh, Musically in real time, when we're all looking at the same chart and going, oh, okay, in in verse three, when that stop happens on bar three, you know, everybody then knows. But yeah, a lot of that music, his music, it's more about like, if you have to learn anything, it's like the weird little riff in this one section. Yeah. It makes sense, you know. Yeah.
0: With a kind of an odd time signature or something once in a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's gotta be a fun gig. Cause you can look, no matter what direction you look at from stage, you see somebody else from Nashville and you got, it's like, you got your, your home band right there, man.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I really only played one gig with him. We did a DVD for PBS.
0: Is that the o- at the Grand Ole Opry?
1: At the Ryman. Yeah. Oh, Ryman. I'm sorry.
0: Ryman. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, uh, and, and I've worked on a couple records.
0: Okay. With,
1: um, and uh, I, I actually just played with him the other night at the Franklin Theater for an artist that he signed, Joanne Shaw Taylor. They filmed a thing for her for PBS, and I was part of that band. Cool. You know that? Yeah. So, so I mean, I love Joe. He's a great guy, yeah. and he's obviously a killer guitar player. Um, so we we're just we're just casual pals and yeah. vintage guitar nerds, you know.
0: Yeah, he's got a couple. You got a couple. That's probably kind of yeah. fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. What,
0: what makes you happier playing on a session or, or playing live?
1: Uh, is there an upstairs load in?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, this the the bar fetus. No, um, you know what? Uh, I, I really do like both, but I, I have to say I've become such, uh, fan of being in the studio that I, I, yeah. I, would take that over a, over a gig. Uh, and obviously, uh, Bob Seger totally contradicts that.
0: Well, anybody? yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Uh, I think every musician's goal is probably to play with McCartney. That's gotta be like, maybe like the, the, un- the universe that we know, our best yeah. gig. Yeah. So Bob is the closest I've gotten to, uh, something like this plant, Playing for the Stones or the, uh, a Beatle, you know.
0: Um, I think playing for McCartney would be really bad for me because I think I would stop in the middle of every song and go, "Holy crap, that's freaking Paul McCartney!" <laughs> Listen to what yeah. he's doing.
1: Well, I had those moments with Bob for I sure. Bet you so did. I did with any any of the guy, the Mount Rushmore of our you know yeah. childhood musical heroes. I mean, I don't, and I don't mean to make Bob seem like he's less than McCartney. I don't mean it that way. I just mean that uh, there, what I really mean is there is music that's really important to our lives that, that if yeah. we get the opportunity to go play it with that person, that's special.
0: Well, I mean, it's such an overused phrase, but like a Seeger or a McCartney or the Stones or ZZ Top or Aerosmith, it's all the soundtrack of our childhood. exactly and so that music has a a church-like reverence to it that when you find yourself playing it it's pretty pretty neat
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: do you have a certain piece certain pieces of gear whether it's a guitar or an amp or a pedal that you just you have to have it's your security blanket and it's your go-to whatever piece like every session every live gig
1: uh, man, you know, for me personally, I, it's, uh, not, not as much as it used to be, but, uh, but man, there's, there's some, like a couple of my dad's old guitars, like my old, mm. my dad's old Strat that I have and his old telly that I have, uh, man, even if I don't play them on the session, just having them there. Yeah. I mean, there's just, uh, I've been playing those guitars since I was a kid and, and when I pick those up, I know exactly what I can do with them. Yeah. So I'd have to say that those are probably the two big pieces. Yeah.
0: Man. So like, um, I have a home studio, like we all do yeah. and I can't because I share this home with my wonderful wife I can't have a 50 watt Marshall through a 412 just dimed, yeah. so I'm using a fractal all the time. Is mm-hmm. that is the fractal or a camper or anything even in your world, or are you always going real deal tubes?
1: Well, uh, here at the at, at the house I'm in now, uh, I have a whole dedicated basement just. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so now when I record, I do have, I, I always mic up an amp um, yeah. and I have small enough amps that they don't destroy everybody's Netflix.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, you know, yeah. So I do that. That said, uh, I've had a Kemper for years and I've definitely used it a lot. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it's just, you uh, now I'm just fortunate enough to be in a situation where I, I can fire up a, a little deluxe and it doesn't, yeah. you know, go right. crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, who are some of your biggest influences as guitar, as guitar players?
1: Oh man. Well, uh, we obviously always have a lot, but I, I, yeah. I would say, you know, the, the older I get, the more I realize that how, uh, impactful, uh, the, the Beatles guitar playing mm-hmm. were like, and, and John and George, I mean, John from uh, John's rhythm guitar playing on the early Beatles stuff. Like I want, even, I want to hold your hand and yeah. uh, all my London and all that, that and, uh, George Harrison's sense of melody and parts. <laughs> uh, and then, and then Keith, you know, Keith Richards is, is, uh, I feel very connected to him because he's kind of the gateway to all of, them. that's how I discovered the blues. Yeah. Most other people my age discovered the blues through Stevie Ray.
0: Okay, I
1: discovered it by listening to early Rolling Stones records. So, so that opened that that's, he's the gateway for me to Chuck Berry, Muddy Waters, Elmore James, Jimmy Reed, you know, yeah. all, all of the guys that I really soaked in at an early age. Yeah. So I don't know, that's, that, those are probably my, when you break it all down, that's where everything I do is probably coming from.
0: I find the older I get, the older the music I listen to gets. There's, yeah. there's, there's yeah. not as much like all this new metal and stuff, you know, and it's, it's all a PRS through a Mesa boogie or a camper or something. Yeah. And it's all kind of like, yeah, that's really cool, but I'm not going to learn that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny cuz now uh because my my girlfriend lives here and her and her son's 14 years old and he's a great musician. Oh, uh, cool. And and he and he's very he's he's into all kinds of music, but he loves yeah. metal. And he loves old school metal. Like I, I'm sure he listens to the stuff you were just talking about, but I've heard more Metallica and 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 earlier metal uh in in the last uh You know year or two yeah i've ever then i'd listen to when it was around you know um like you know he's always introducing me and to like all these all those bands like yeah and and, and, uh, dude
0: pantera is my my, that's my go-to and i I found as writing country music i kind of needed the wasabi as the and the ginger as the palate cleanser so I would write country music all day. Then I'd get in my car and I'd crank up some Pantera and it would kind of cleanse me. And then tomorrow morning, country music was fresh again. And I couldn't wait to get back in there. And so. That,
1: yeah, I relate to that. That, that. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, you know, people are always going, hey, uh, uh, I really loved uh, this record you played on. And, and they're surprised when I haven't heard it yet, you know? Oh, yeah. If, we, if you cooked McDonald's all day, you don't go home and eat McDonald's, you know? Right. I can't, you know? As much as I love it, I can't, you know?
0: Do you ever get and i'm asking this my wife said one time you don't ever play guitar when you get home anymore and i said do you think a carpenter comes home and pounds nails every night probably not do you ever find yourself getting stuck and bored and in a rut and you just don't want to pick it up
1: uh well i never get to the point where i don't want to pick it up Um, my my day starts with coffee and guitar. You know, almost yeah. every day. I, I, you know, I kind of have to get the blood flowing and I kind of need to play creatively right uh, before I go to work. Yeah. Uh, so that's my routine, but, um, uh, uh I, I do get in ruts though. Yeah. yeah we all do but but uh, i 've started to look at those differently. I feel like that 's actually when something some new technique or some new thing you're you 're starting to put together subconsciously musically or whatever mm-hmm. is starting to work its way in, and you 're just not great at it yet hmm. so you kind of, you kind of, you feel like you're in a rut, but what's actually happening is something new and creative is about to come into your style and you're just not receiving it or great at it yet. And then interesting. And then you wake up one day and all this new stuff starts coming out of your hands. Uh, and I think that's what the ruts are actually about.
0: Interesting. I'm sure also when you, when, when you go play a session and there's the most, bizarre, interesting chord change you've ever heard that just automatically takes your head to your music head to a different place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, in fact, one of the people we were just talking about Jeffrey Steele, um, uh, that's one thing I always love about every, I don't work with him a whole ton these days, but, uh, w- every time I do, yeah, his, his music is so creative within the, con- uh, the confines of what country music is allowed to do. I right. Guess. Yeah. He, that son of a bitch finds a way to always twist yeah. and turn it in a cool way. You know, I, I don't know how he does it, but anyway.
0: Yeah. It sounds yeah. obvious to say, but he's very musical.
1: yeah Yeah. he's not just writing country songs he's also making you know something that is its own you know right right
0: so you've won the acm guitar player of the year three times which is amazing and congratulations
1: well thank you yeah
0: what determines that is that charted singles or just number of records you played on or what
1: uh, well, I, that award is voted on by peers, I guess. Oh, okay. So, uh, and I, you know, I've never been there for the actual, I guess there's a phone conference set up with all these ACM board members, and it's usually producers and uh, songwriters and, you know, people that kind of are on the street working with yeah. dudes or, or women or whatever, you know, and they, and they, um I guess they just kind of go, okay, well, these are these are some of the biggest records that came out last year. Sure. We'll play on them. Yeah. And I think the list kind of ends up being drawn from there. And then I don't know what I guess they all come back and vote on it. I I, I don't know where the voting happens, but I just know that that's how you get on there.
0: So you're really nice to people around that time of year?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Uh I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know.
0: Have you lost <laughs> <laughs> This is this is the best song I've ever heard in my life,
1: man. Yeah. And then and yeah, and they're all on the conference call together. He told me I was his favorite producer. Right, right.
0: <laughs> 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 well that guy's obviously a liar.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he deserves it.
0: <laughs> he deserves it. Yeah. So I'm voting That's for funny. you. <laughs> At least he's honest about his dishonesty. Yeah. Let's get that guy in. Yeah, here. he's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, do you have time to do my lightning round? Yeah. Awesome. This is just, just uh, what? Tell me about it. It's just uh, I'm asking you a handful of questions and just kind of the first thing off the top of your head, and it's it's super all right, easy. All
1: right, all right. Well, I need I need I need a little help. Hang on.
0: There you go. Oh, that looks good.
1: Yeah, Basil Hayden. Nice. Why waste a good glass?
0: <laughs> why get a glass dirty? Yeah. Hey, a bottle's glass. What are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so what's your favorite book, and like, who are your favorite authors?
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, man. Okay, I've gotten really bad about uh, I love uh, Dave uh, uh, Grolnick. Okay what, it writes all the the music biographies and all that,
0: oh yeah, yeah. I think that's right uh,
1: so I read a lot of those kind of things i like uh I like uh sweet soul music that he wrote, I like the Elvis books he wrote, yeah I like, you know uh oh i'm bl- see, I'm blanking on oh, it. anyway, <laughs> yeah, so those are the kind of things I, I typically read.
0: are you a bath or a shower guy? shower. Nice. What's the last gift you gave someone?
1: Hmm. Besides my presence. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the last, well, I, I, does it count as a gift? If you uh, got your uh, girlfriend flowers?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: There, that's probably the last gift.
0: Absolutely. Thing. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Uh, no, no. What is the outside of your dad? What's the first concert you saw? How old were you? And did you get a t-shirt?
1: Yes. Uh, okay. Oh, that's funny. Because it was yes. It was actually. It was, you know, yes. <laughs> I, I was 13 and 90125 had come out and went uh, to Columbus. And I'd been to a lot of concerts, but through my dad. Yeah. That was the first concert I actually bought a ticket for, went and saw that I, that I would have never gone to otherwise. So I counted as my first
0: Man, I'm sure it's sacrilege to even say this, but the the Trevor Rabin Yes years are are absolutely hands down my favorite Yes years. But
1: you know what? I like all of it, but yeah. I have to say uh, that Yes nine oh one two five big generator, <laughs> big generator. Yeah, man, those are amazing pieces of music. Maybe some of the best music that came out in that decade. Yeah, nine oh one two five in particular. That record, every guitar player should know that record because there's so much great pop guitar playing that isn't oh. cheesy. It's all and 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 then even beyond that, I just really think the production of it and the it still holds up even though it sounds dated. It holds
0: up. Some of the it, best drum sounds ever.
1: Yes, I'm with, I'm with you on all that, man. That yep. I loved that era. <laughs> you know.
0: If money was no object, what guitar or piece of gear would you buy?
1: Uh, I would definitely own a Burst Les Paul. Yeah.
0: That's always my answer, too. I mean,
1: yeah. You you know Boook pretty well, right? Yeah. Have you you played that Burst that he's... I have not. I mean, I always thought, okay, yeah, Burst Les Paul. I've played a few. They're amazing. That one is hands down the best electric guitar I've ever played. And that gave me the burst fever. I've never had that until I, yeah, but man, I mean, there is something special about a really good Les Paul that does way more than you ever think a Les Paul could. And yeah, so it's kind of, that's probably Uh, it.
0: Gordon Kennedy's got a champion of a 59 also.
1: That's what I hear. I've never seen his, but yeah.
0: I've played that a couple of times. That's mind blowing. Yeah. And I don't even know half the time I think, well, it's great because it's supposed to be great, but you've played other 59s and 50s, 60s and stuff that were just, there's nothing great about this guitar. I mean, I've got a 59 D 18 hanging on the wall. There's not a melody in that thing. It's awful. (laughs) <laughs> but I thought it was cool to buy a vintage Martin when I was young. And yeah. so it's like, I'll yeah. never get rid of it. But there's nothing yeah. in that guitar.
1: Yeah, I know. No, that's totally true. But when there is a good one, it, it, it blows your mind. And you can't even explain what it is about it. It yeah. just does. It's like trying to explain what sex is like to a virgin. I mean, yeah. you just can't explain that.
0: I'd probably ra- at my age, I'd probably rather have the 59 Les Paul. <laughs>
1: yeah i yeah no drama with that <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so what song do you wish you would have written or played on?
1: Oh man, that's a good one um uh, uh let it be
0: nice yeah that's that's a hard to beat one man yeah yeah those kind of songs that again <laughs> that's what we're talking about there. Um, I, saw a, <laughs> this is so dumb. I saw a video of the Stones, and before the show, you know, they they st- opened the show with Start Me Up. Yeah. And Keith is walking around with macabre or whatever he calls that, five-string blonde taily, and he's got his hand like on a bar chord on about the fourth or fifth fret. Yeah. I thought well that's interesting. He's just walking around talking to people, hugging people with his right arm, he's got a cigarette and a smoke a drink. And I thought that's so weird that he's just keeping his hand there. Well, about a year later I read an interview with his guitar tech who I think his name is Pierre de Beaufort. Peter, yeah. And they asked him about that and he said, "I go up to Keith before every show and I put his hand there." I tell him not to move it because even though he wrote the song and he's played it for 50 years, he'll start that song in 14 different keys of 14 yeah. different shows. And I just thought that that's a freaking genius rock star thing right there.
1: <laughs> that's pretty funny. I, yeah, I mean, we all that's funny when when they go years in between tours and we keep listening to their music.
0: They yeah, don't. they don't,
1: you know, Chuck Lavelle. Uh, you know, was to, was uh, telling me I got to do a session with Chuck Lavelle a couple oh, years man. ago, and I and and I was, of course, you know, asking him about the Stones. and uh, he was talking about you know when they when they first got together for a tour to rehearse, it was more about him getting together with Ronnie and Keith before everybody else, just to kind of you know, oh yeah, what's the chord and Angie? What? How does Angie go? You know, it's like. <laughs> you know uh they yeah. they they we don't have that perspective. I saw a little bit of that with uh Bob and his band, you know I mean, yeah I bet. and when they're not on the road, man, they're just these are the last things they're thinking about they're yeah. they're, they're 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 they've done well for themselves, they're enjoying their families, they're enjoying life off yeah and and, the, and uh that means coming back and like. Oh, yeah. How does, what when is brown sugar? Is that the one that starts like this, you know, or whatever, you know?
0: Why do I have this guitar?
1: Yeah, right, right. Yeah.
0: So what would you be doing if you weren't doing this?
1: Man, n- nothing good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's hard to say. Nothing good, though.
0: You think you'd still be in Columbus playing in clubs or would you have gotten a degree in computer programming or something?
1: Oh, man. Uh, I, man, I probably would. I probably would still be playing clubs. Uh, yeah. But but that was my fear. That's what got me out of there. Right. I, the ghost of my... Christmas future wasn't was scarier than anything they could have put in the movie. Being
0: 60 years old and going, hey, it's great to be at the Pizza Shack.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been playing here now for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, uh, what's next, man? Where are you headed? And, oh, I know what I was going to ask you. Did COVID slow you down a ton? I mean, I saw all the pictures, everybody eking back into the studios wearing masks and everything. But did it really slow everything down for you? Uh,
1: no, uh, I was, I was just, we, were, no, it, it, cool. it did for that first period where we didn't, where we thought, okay, we're, we're all taking a month off or whatever. And then we'll be back to normal. Well, when that didn't happen, people, man, my inbox started filling up with songs to play on from the house. People mm-hmm. started getting wanting to get, you know, and, and because artists couldn't tour, the only way they could engage their audience was to record new material. So as right. soon as the studios came up with some sort of safe protocol to everybody felt comfortable enough to come back and do it, it was it was like somebody turned on a switch and we were all just busier than luckily. So. Cause I know a lot of people that were that, that was not their experience. The yeah. touring options and buds of mine who are on the road, man, I felt so bad for them. Uh, still do. I mean, yeah. they're still stumbling towards back to, to it.
0: But. Every tour that starts out within six weeks, they got to shut it down and then start it back up and moving dates. And Oh my gosh, what a headache. I know. Well, what are your, uh, the socials that you would like us to deal with? I know what your IG is. Do you have a Facebook and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, I have a Facebook. Uh, that's just under my name. I don't have like a band page or artist page on there, but, um, the real thing that I would tell people to check out is, uh, my YouTube channel. Oh, okay. There's there's actual, I I put actual, uh, music up. Oh, cool. Um, so, uh, if you just do a search for Rob McNelly, you know, you'll, you'll, st- it, my, my channel should come up. Um, awesome. but yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. You can see what I do in the off hours when I, you know, feel like it.
0: And <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> It's one thing to write it. It's another thing to fucking make a video
0: out of it. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a shower today. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I'm going to say goodbye, but if you could stick around, I'm going to actually say a real goodbye. But, man, Rob McNally, thank you so much, man, for doing this. It's been a blast. Yeah, man. And uh, look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Yeah, thank you, Bart. Good to see you.
0: Thanks, you too.